0: morning, Impact Life, and I'm so glad you're here. You belong here. Pastor Joel asked me to, to take the service today and after I would teach on prayer. So I'll just give you a little description of my life. We um, have a lot of new people here, and my daughter, Erin, was up on stage, and she often says to me, Mom, you need to just tell people a little bit about your story because you talk like everybody knows who you are and they don't always I started I've been here since the beginning uh, with pastor (laughs) the beginning of time Lawrence and I (laughs) Lawrence and I have been married 30 years this fall very thankful and both of our kids are in this church and this is the only church they've ever known so I'm thrilled with all the new families that are here and running around with their kids and they're trying to get on stage and they're trying to dance and they're trying to do all that and I think, yeah, because now I can watch someone else chase them, because <laughs> that's what my kids did. So in 1999, I worked in the office. That was before it became complicated, um, you know, we didn't have debit or it was just like so easy and minimal. and it, Now we have Mr. Berry who takes care of all that and uh, from about the year 2000 on, um, they asked me if I would oversee the prayer department and lead prayer on Tuesdays. Oh, new faces, old faces, yay! (laughs) I just saw someone I haven't seen in a long time. Um, So I decided that I would do that and take that on. So every Tuesday at noon, I lead, I led prayer. Now I have a whole team that helps me. And you learn a lot of things about prayer and you learn a lot of things about yourself. And you have to get very real with yourself. It's different when you're praying on your own than it is when you're praying with a whole group of people. And it's kind of scary. And an hour is a very long time. And you'd pray and pray and pray and you'd have a list and you'd think, okay, I've, you know, and then you'd look at your watch and 15 minutes have gone by. So then you have to learn to enlarge yourself and grow in that capacity and you have to get into the word and you have to learn what the word says so that's been very good for me so when I was thinking about you know teaching on prayer I had all of this stuff inside me in my mind thinking where would I go with this what what would I dwell on and sometimes having too much information inside your brain is worse than not having enough (laughs) okay (laughs) so I thought you know I used to teach a lot about steps and kinds of prayer but what I found is is people often don't have a foundation um, about relationship and when they don't have a foundation about relationship and who God is in their life then they take the rule or the step and they apply it, but when things don't go the way they thought they should go, or the prayer doesn't get answered the way they thought it should get answered, they're lost. Because really, in life, if we're really honest, everything works by relationship. Yeah. I actually Googled the word relationship. Like, I, I, I just, I, Pastor Joel has helped me so much just preaching the Word of God so people get it very simple you know that's how my my brain works very simple so here's re- what a relationship is the way in which two or more concepts or objects or people are connected or the state of being connected so if you're not really connected to Jesus and I give you a step you're it to the step and you just you know so like take confession for an example if I say it's important to you that your words that your words matter people will literally say to me I'll say okay what are we praying about but they don't even want to tell me what the problem is because they think "Well, I can't say that so they're just connected to the step and not to Jesus Does that make sense the second one a definition of the state of being connected by blood or marriage so you're connected to Jesus by relationship. He's your, he has provided. He's the one who forgave your sins. He's the one who made it so that you could get back in a relationship with your Heavenly Father because sin took it away. And thirdly, the way in which two or more people or organizations regard and behave toward each other. So then you have your behavior in there as well. And if you don't know who he is, you pray really weird. You change your voice, you change, you change your tone, you change the way you're your, your approach. All of a sudden, everybody's like, who is that, praying? So I thought today, you know, I have, what, 45 minutes or so? What could I give you, how could I help you in this time span in your prayer life without, you know, I mean, I can't give you all the steps anyways. So I have this message and it's called Answered Prayer. I know, that's why I'm on Pastor Joel's team. (laughs) Because I have all these good ideas. I'm gonna teach on prayer and then I'm gonna, my title of my sermon is Answered Prayer. And they're not steps. Because I don't know your situation, and when when you lead prayer for that many years what like 15 18 years and you're in that position and you're in the leadership leadership position people just think that you know everything about prayer and so they'll come to you and they'll say can you pray about this can you pray about this and I never mind that but often when I ask people about the situation you only get maybe at best a third of the information that you need so I never know the backstory People have complicated lives, and they often want me to pray about a certain thing, a certain way involving other people, and they want them to change. (laughs) And then when I say something like, well, I can't can't pray that. They look at me like, why not? And I thought, well, I don't have control of anybody else. The only person you really have control over is you. So I thought, well, maybe today what we talk about is you and me and your relationship to God and to the people inside the body the church because it all matters yeah yeah it really does you want to get your prayers unanswered and they don't go answered get into strife there there you go I'm speaking from experience here. like the Bible says that unforgiveness hinders your prayers but could you please pray and, and fix that other guy over there? <laughs> That's what I hear. So before, before I give you my three points, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just share with you a story from the book of Acts. But before I do that, I just want to read you. Um, this is a paraphrase. I didn't give it to the sound team because it comes from uh, ben a Jans- Ben Campbell Johnson translation. And I just thought this was kind of funny. Let's start this way. Don't do this what I'm gonna say next do that but don't do this (laughs) this is in Matthew chapter 6 it's talking about money and it's talking about prayer Now, now let me talk with you about the inwardness of a person's relation to God regarding your contributions to worthwhile causes do not stage your giving so that you will get attention from others because if you do you may escape your Heavenly Father's attention it's kind of a no-brainer right so if you're going to give money don't stand up and hold all your bills in the air and say look at me look at me look at me but the Pharisees blew horns hey over here I'm the big giver don't do that okay I am going to talk about prayer but it's all in one here when you make your contribution don't go hire a marching band to get the world's attention as the great religious pretenders do when they get the world's applause that's all they get That's all they can expect from their giving. So, when you give to worthy causes, keep it in a secret. Keep it a secret, even from yourself. Don't tell your neighbor, and don't keep replaying your act of giving in your mind. This is just talking about pride. So, your giving is based on relationship. You give to God because you love Him because you see in his word that that's what it says and because you want to and you just want to see the kingdom grow and you want other people to know what you know and so you give you give of your time, you give of your money you give of your prayer life you give, you give let your gift remain anonymous you may be sure that your heavenly father is aware of your generosity and he will fulfill you with the gift of himself he will reward you I wrote that in there like giving giving, prayer is also a personal experience so here he's talking about giving and he's talking about prayer when you offer your prayer don't seek some place of public display like the church or the athletic contests or political conventions or inaugural speeches those who pray here have their recognition from the crowds who hear them so in other words just be real just be yourself when you pray withdraw into your inner being where you are alone with god let your prayers happen there and the life you live will clearly demonstrate what happened in your encounter with god and and here's one more thought and when you offer prayers there's no reason to be wordy like the uninstructed i think one translation maybe it's king james vain repetition my prayers are wordy not because my heart's wrong but just because i'm wordy (laughs) I, like, when I talk to God, it's like, I, I, I even annoy myself because I'm trying to ex- explain to him what I meant. Uh, well, that's really not what I meant. And I'm like, like, but he, he likes me. <laughs> so he's okay with that. And it's just him and me, so it doesn't really matter. But if you're going to be in a crowd and you want to impress somebody, don't do it by like, whoa, watch this. Prayer is not just words, but also attitudes and awareness. So a lot of words do do not necessarily mean a lot of prayer. I emphasize to you that God is aware of you before you are aware of Him. Isn't that nice? In other words, He knows what you need. And He knows what you need before you utter a single word. So why bother? Why do you pray? It says to pray in the Bible, pray without ceasing. It's all about relationship and God wants you he redeemed you he rescued you he loves you and then when you got saved he didn't stop loving you and wanting to help you I used to think that I thought okay now God's moved on to the next guy and I'm standing here well what about me now God's left me no so everything from this moment on that you realize you, you can pray about everything in your whole life and talk to God about it, but because people don't know who God is, they don't, because they're scared. They either think, well, I don't know about you, but a lot of churches, they think that God's mad at them, or he's displeased with them, or he's unconcerned with them, he's concerned about someone else and not them, or they just flat out don't know what God wants for them. And they'll pray prayers like, well, if it be your will. You know, you can literally find out what the will of God is. Who's been teaching this? Get rooted. Pastor Joel, get rooted, get rooted, get rooted. Why? So that you know how to pray. You know what to say. You know what you can believe for. You know what God wants for you. Here's some questions. Does does God want you well? Yes or no? No. Does he want you filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues? Does he want you to have money? You know, oh, this is such a, this is great. This is a great church. But you know, there's a great deal of people in the world who don't know. In churches who don't know. So they pray, well, God, you know, if, um, I really wish, hope that you'd help me. It's not based on anything concrete, and although God hears you and concerned about you and he may even bring people into your life to provide you answers those prayers, those particular prayers will go unanswered because they're not founded in anything concrete. So, the, 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 you know, Lawrence, I practiced this sermon on Lawrence. <laughs> I, I love you. I seriously love you. And he said to me, Sheila, what do you want them to know? when you're all done like preaching I said I, I just want them to know that it's all about relationship and just you can go to God about anything and it's not rules yeah. although in the Bible there are rules you know like if, if, example would be like if you're in unforgiveness y- you'll have trouble but God will help you out he'll show you how to get out so he's good so now that you know not, don't pray long-winded prayers. Don't blow horns and let everybody know what you're praying about. Now that you know what not to do, what, what should you do? I, wanna, I want you to turn to the book of Acts, please. And they actually have this on the screen for me. And it's in Acts chapter 10. And I'm going to read from one ver- uh, verse 1 to verse 8. And this is from the New Living. And this guy's name is Cornelius. He's not a Jew. He's a Gentile. So he doesn't know the God of the Jewish people. At this point, the Gentiles have not been preached the gospel they've not been filled with the Holy Spirit and here's this guy and I love Cornelius because this could be anybody in the room just make a decision and I want God and that's what this guy did I just I just love this story it's it's you know I don't, I don't know but it's one of my favorites and I read it often in Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius who was a captain of the Italian regiment he was a devout God-fearing man as was everyone in his household which really says a lot about him right there he gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. This speaks of his devotional life. One afternoon about three o'clock and that was the time of prayer so he kinda must have followed those things that he had observed so one afternoon about three o'clock he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him Cornelius the angel said Cornelius stared at him in terror what is it sir he asked the angel and the angel replied your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering didn't we just read about money and praying And those are the two things that Jesus, on that sermon on the mount, said. Don't be in pride, but he didn't say don't do it. He just said don't announce it and don't do it with wrong motive. But here, his prayers and his giving got God's attention. Interesting, isn't it? Your prayers and your gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send men to Joppa... And summon a man named Simon Peter. He is staying with Simon a tanner who lives near the seashore. There's very specific instructions. And I love this because this is New Testament. And this, 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 this I, I just think to myself, well, I could be Cornelius. Yep. If God wanted to get a message to me, he could. If God wanted me to know something, he could, he would. Yep. If my heart is turned towards him and I want him in my life, and that's my decision. That's up to me. The direction of my life is up to me. I can go this way, or I can go this way. It's up to me. I can choose. So he lives by the seashore. And as soon as the angel was was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants. And then he told them what had happened and sent them off to Joppa. Okay, we're not going to read the whole chapter, but please, please, when you go home sit down and just read Acts chapter 10 it takes the whole chapter to say the whole story and I thought well I can't just read the whole chapter like it's really long (laughs) and um, so I'll I'll just kind of fill you in because we're not going to talk about the vision that Peter had but meanwhile these guys are on their way to find Peter is there a lot of noise should I move it or just stand still (laughs) (laughs) So they're on, just stand still. So they're on their way to go find Peter. Okay, flash forward, or fast forward, flash forward, fast forward. Peter's on the rooftop praying, and he goes into a trance, and he has a vision. Now, the vision that he has is about the fact that Gentile people are not no longer in God's eyes well they never were with Jesus unclean and you can go ahead and associate with them and you can go ahead and talk to them because they weren't allowed to eat with them or be with them at all right so Cornelius sends people to go see him and Peter now is having instructions from God in what he's supposed to do and God tells him when they come I want you to go with them. So go to verse 21. I'll just read verse. Uh, I'll just read 19 and 20, but we'll pick it up on the screen on verse 21. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision that the Holy Spirit said to him, three men came looking. Three men came look. He said to him, "Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry. I've sent them." so Peter went down and said I'm the man you're looking for why have you come this is an amazing story to me some guy over here who's been uh, worshiping God with his prayer life and giving and loving God and obviously told his whole household about it because he had them all involved and he wasn't shy about what he did he had shared with them who he was he even reiterated to them what the angel had said and he says to them go get this guy Well, they don't like they didn't. Nobody even questioned him. They just immediately went to Joppa. These guys don't even know each other. Peter is up on the rooftop, has a vision, and now everybody's life is about to change. Which you and I can go to verse 30 and see the change. But you know what? When you're living life in real time, you don't get that luxury. You know, you're in the middle of a mess and you're in the middle of a situation, and God instructs you and gives you information. You you can't go to verse 30. You literally have to go, okay, I better trust God. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I really think about what happened here, and I read the whole story, I think, wow. Like, they don't know each other. They don't know what's going to happen. And I don't think that he was necessarily pr- praying. It doesn't say what Cornelius was praying. He wasn't literally sitting there and saying, please bring the gospel to the whole Gentile world. <laughs> but that's the doorway that this produced. Yeah. So verse 24, oh, no, I I, um, I don't even know if I read verse 22. Pardon me. I'm going to read it again. They said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is a devout and God-fearing man, well-respected by all the Jews. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. You know, when you think about this, if God instructed you this, and you don't know this guy, and you show up on his doorstep, and then you say well I saw an angel and the angel said to come get you and you don't know that that guy's had a vision and that he knows that you're coming like like that's scary but I like it because it could happen like God gives us instructions all the time I want you to go start a church I want you to go start a business well I don't know I don't know will there be people there will they buy what I have Where will I open my store? What will I do? And the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, No, I told you to move to that city. And I told you to do this. So Peter invited the men to stay for the night, which I don't think was acceptable either because they weren't Jews. The next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. And they arrived in Caesarea the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends, which really speaks about who he was, too, because he went and got all of the other people and said, come, this man's good. like, yeah. Like, you don't even know, know what the guy's going to say to you, but you, here you are in faith, believing. And I, not only that, but I don't know what he's going to say. I'm not even for sure that he's coming, but guess what I'm going to call? Come on over. Yeah. Sit in my living room while we wait for the guy to show up and tell us what, God, what message is from God. I'm like, wow, this is New Testament, people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is really cool. So I have points. Three points here. They're not steps, but they're points about answered prayer. And the very first one, prayer and seeking God brings something to you. Brings something to you. Now, I don't know what Cornelius was praying about, but he got more. He got more than what he asked for. He got something not only for himself, but he got something for everybody that came because he believed God, loved God, and made time for God. He had a relationship with God. It wasn't just based on rules. So, you know, there's a great deal of people in the Christian world who don't even have a devotional time every day. I I don't know what you do with your time, but I know for myself, discipline, let's just say it, let's say the word discipline. Discipline. (laughs) Okay, let's all go to the gym. We'll start in January, (laughs) and we last three weeks. Discipline. What you do daily matters. It matters a lot. And when people hear a, 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 a speech like this, a sermon like this, they think, okay, well, I, you know, I, don't have any, I, I, I haven't been doing this, so now tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to do an hour. You know, change doesn't have to be that. If you change one small thing in your day and do it every day, yeah. every day, like let's say 10 minutes. Remember when Pastor Joel said 10, 10, 10? Yeah. We, did, we read 10, we pray 10, and we listen 10. I couldn't remember what the other one was. <laughs> I do, my, I do my own. But when he, when he taught us that, 10 minutes every day, let's say you did 10 minutes every day, at the end of every week you would have prayed an hour and 10 minutes. That's a lot. What if you invested that much time in a relationship every week? You know, there's, there's spouses that sometimes don't even take that much time for each other. Date night happens what? Once every two weeks, once a month, depending on how long you've been married. <laughs> Or you can, it, you, or you can make it within your time frame. Like still, one of my, on your daily time frame, one of my favorite things to do is have coffee with Lawrence when he comes home from when working away. Is just have coffee in the morning and just talk. Our niece is living with us right now, and last night we were all sitting around just sharing stories, and she was asking him questions because it's his brother's girl, and so she knows some things from. Um, you know the stories that he shared but she was asking uncle what about this and what about this and he shared a story that I've never heard and I thought well 30, 30 years I hadn't heard that one <laughs> I thought, isn't that cool yeah. but if you never take time for somebody so think about human beings you know we want relationships to change you want your marriage to change well what are you doing different than you did last year yeah. because actually if you want different results you have to do something different <laughs> you want a different relationship with with the people around you I know I'm, I'm probably known in this church as oh yes the lady who say to you get on a team or get involved with a connect group you know I don't say those things because I desperately need your help although that is a true statement the church of course of course the church needs your help but it's more about you If you don't get connected to something or someone inside this church, you'll be alone, and the devil has more opportunity to hammer at you than if you're connected to somebody. And the last time that I prayed about something and believed God for something, I didn't open the front door to have God standing there and say, here, you've been praying for money, and I thought I'd bring you some. He uses people. And if you don't attach yourself to other people, how's God going to get answers to you? And not only that, but maybe God needs to use you to get answers to someone else. And if you won't attach yourself to someone else, then he can't use you. Because you're at home, watching church by yourself, alone in your bedroom. You're not you, of course. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like You have to be connected. So praying and seeking God brings something to you, and it brought something to Cornelius, and it brought him more. And that reminds me of this scripture that says, Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think. That's who God is. So if you're asking God for something, he'll he'll do that for you and more, because he loves you. If you have a relationship with him and you're listening, And it's not just about rules. Cornelius valued those around him. He talked about his faith. So you know in in Matthew 6 it said, don't blow the horn when you're giving. Don't tell everybody. Don't vain repetition. But these people knew. So when your heart is right and you're in relationship, people should know. You know, your, your roots will go down deep and fruit comes. You will know. Like sometimes when people ask me to pray, and then I pray, and then it doesn't turn out the way they want it, like because I don't often know the whole story, and things don't work out, there's reasons for that. And I don't always know what they are, and that's why I want to drive home to you. Go back to God do you have something in your life every single day where you're communicating with God take 10 minutes if you don't have that routine in your life start tomorrow fact start today take 10 minutes every single day prove to yourself that it makes a difference like that connection to God is vital that focus to God is vital he has access to you to speak to you when, you when you make time for him. Sometimes you don't know what people around you are thinking because you've not engaged with them and you've not talked to them and then all of a sudden you talk to me, you think, oh man, wish I'd gotten to know you sooner. Okay, so prayer and seeking God brings something to you. Number two. What's on the inside of you matters more than what's on the outside. God's Hear God's heart. And if he has your heart, they, he can position you and instruct you. And you have to be in the right position for God to get the blessing to you. Not because he doesn't want you to have it, but because he operates in a certain way. It's seed time and harvest. You know, on Saturday... We could hear really loud music in the, in the morning, and I thought, oh, what's going on? Oh, yeah, the pancake breakfast, I think, was happening in the, in the Bay parking lot. At least I think that's what it was. For Westerner days, something was going on. But I didn't get any pancakes. I didn't. I, didn't, I, I was at home. And so I could say a few things. Well, God has favorites. You know, all those people over at the Pancake Breakfast, they got pancakes and sausages. Well, why didn't I get any? Because <laughs> I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you? When you're not in relationship with God, He can't position you. So sometimes you're standing there and saying, two people, one standing here and one standing here, well, why does God love them more? Why does God love them more? You know, you can say to yourself, I don't really believe that, but have you ever thought that? Are we, man, I have. I, f- I thought to myself, why is it working for them and not for me? Well, were you at the pancake breakfast? <laughs> like, when, when, the, when the word is coming to you, are are you in a place where that your heart has been in relationship with Jesus and you actually can hear what he's saying and you actually want to know what he's saying? Or you just want to know the form? Do you want to just know the formula? Or do you want to know? If, do you want to know him? Yeah. Oh, from him, because every unique situation can be handled by him. Because he knows your history, he knows your family history, <laughs> he knows your future, he knows your present, he knows how you think, and he can talk to you in certain ways, ways that you understand. He can bring people to you, the people that you need in your life the ones that are going to be helpful to you and he can get access to you. That's what happened with Cornelius and Peter. Do you ever, do you ever wonder, like, when you, when you hear this story, why didn't the angel just tell him? Because angels don't preach the gospel. He had to go get Peter. And he had to bring him. That's our job. Why didn't he just bless him himself? Why did he have to use all those people? And he didn't even give Peter the whole reason. He had to figure it out on his own. He just said, I want you to go with him. He just gave him information, just little bits of information. Does that sound, does that sound like your life? Couldn't you give me another line, God? Yep. <laughs> well, then you wouldn't need faith, would you? Right, right, right. I want you to go to Bible school. All you impact you people. That's what I heard, right? Yep. God told me to go to Bible school. I don't know why. Well, step, step two is coming. Yeah. <laughs> God tells you what to do because he has, a, he has you in mind to, to bless you in a bigger way. I'll, I'll just give you a, a story about my own life and, and God impacting with more. When we first started coming to this church, you know, we were um, newly married. Our kids were really young. And I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Both my parents, my biological parents, have now passed on, and um, they're both in heaven. But I didn't grow up knowing the gospel. I got saved when I was 17, and so I started going to church on my own. And so I wanted a home, like not just a structure. I, I wanted that too. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to get out of the apartment with two kids and one, two, two bedrooms and stuff piled high. I wanted out of there. But I wanted more than that and I would go to my vehicle often and I would see on a Sunday families going off. It just looked so lovely to me and my husband worked away so I would take my babies home and sometimes I would even murmur (laughs) and say well I don't know why I bother going to church because all I do is sit in the nursery. (laughs) But you're not building for that. You're building as this is who we are and this is what we do. I'm all, okay, this is meddling, but I'm a grandma now and I don't care. <laughs> I'm all for extra curricular activities like soccer and dance and baseball and karate and football and all of those things. I think I think they're invaluable skill sets, but they're not a replacement for the church. Oh man, I, ah, I just I have to say that because don't feel bad that you have a schedule and you have to take your kids all those places but you have to connect them inside the church and not because it's a rule but because you're the church you're the family of God and this is where they need to be making connections and relationships will you ever miss a Sunday yes of course don't be condemned but don't replace the church because when your kids get to be teenagers and you have to say no you're coming to church and when they get to be adults and you're no longer there in their mind they'll think well it never mattered right because you lived like that you lived like it didn't matter that's all the meddling I'll do there but I I just I you know as I get older I see people do things and then I have to watch it play out and it it's, it's hard on them and it's hard on the whole home and I think um, I want to help you so bad please don't do that don't be condemned or like it's not a rule it's like okay God won't let me I can't listen to this and I can't do this and I gotta do this. it's not like that it's about relationship I had to literally go to God at times because I had one child who was so involved in everything and I had to say what, what how do I accommodate this help me Right from my heart. And he did. Do this, do this. Lawrence said, yeah, we need to do this. So we did. Like that's the thing. God knows you. He knows your kids. He knows your husband. He knows what you need to be involved in. You just need to follow that. So number one is prayer and seeking God always brings something to you. So my point in sharing I wanted more was I would go home and I would want that. What I thought I saw someone else have. I just began a process of being thankful thankful for all that I had and investing in what I had and following God and staying faithful day in day out day in day out (laughs) you stay put in the hard places you'll eventually rest upon the mountaintop that's what that's what they famous line from my Bible school years just stay put do what God told you to do payday comes doesn't come every Friday but it comes payday comes and I was meditating on it the other day and I thought we lived in the same house for 26 years yeah 26 years we moved from the apartment and moved there and God in his kindness and his goodness provided a house for us and we prayed about that house we went and looked at many and never could connect inside And we thought no nope, no nope. actually Lawrence coincidentally which is not coincidence but found the ad in the newspaper because that's what we had at the time a newspaper we went there and we saw the the property and as soon as we stepped in on the in the on the grass to the home that we now live in we just knew that this is the place we're supposed to be I could not ask for better neighbors that they are amazing people amazing the location is fantastic I didn't know who would live there or who lived there at the time but they provided my son with all the things that he would need while growing up and they took care of Aaron Aaron is, was always playing with them and they'd always like no, Aaron can play because she was always little <laughs> but I just, think, I just think about how God provided more than what I asked for. I asked for a home. He gave me a life. Like he gave me a life. And even to this day, the people that live beside us, uh, my neighbor, this is what my neighbor did. Our fence was in need of repair and you know, you kind of, when you know the people next to you and you think, do you want to, we well, have this conversation, do you want to pay for it this year or, should, oh, we can get one more year out of it, can't we get one more year out of it? <laughs> and they're okay with that and we're okay with that, so hey, but it literally fell over <laughs> Lawrence was away working and my neighbor just fixed it he just, one day I, I, I came out and I said, what are you doing? and he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just fixing the fence so then we took them out for dinner because we couldn't physically help them but I painted it and he put a gate in it the latch so that whenever we want when they're out at the fire pit we can just open the gate and go see who gets that it is wonderful like do you ever hear people like they're fighting about their fence with their neighbor I hear those stories all the time I'm I've been so blessed in that neighborhood and and with the provision that God gave us he gave that to me exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think so what's on the inside of you matters more than what's on the outside and you need to let God position you and number three so number one was prayer and seeking God brings something to you number two is what what's on the inside of you matters more than the outside number three you do your part and let God do his so many people they want to check up on God (laughs) and when God said to Cornelius I want you to go get Peter he didn't argue he didn't say well God but God he went and told his men I saw an angel, this is what the angel said to me, now I want you to go. And they willingly went, and when they got there, they said, our master saw an angel, (laughs) and this is what the angel said, and you're supposed to come, and you're supposed to give us a word. And Peter had been instructed, so he did. All of those people obeyed. You know, so often we hear the same message. I am believing God, I prayed that God would bring help to you. That, that's my heart's desire because we get our lives wound up sometimes in really interesting situations. And it takes a while to unwind it. We want to just get in a car and drive up to the window and say, you know, here's my order, fix this. And it doesn't work that way because, because we've, we've taken steps to twist ourselves into all kinds of things because we weren't listening. So now, like Pastor Joel said, the word comes to you in seed form. So seed form has been coming to some of us for week after week after week after week, and we still don't do what God has said. Why is that? Because we're human, stupid humans. I don't know. (laughs) But isn't it amazing that when you say, oh, sorry, Lord, will you help me? Yeah. He doesn't get annoyed with you. He just positions you. And then he'll say to you the same statement that he's been saying to you over and over and over again. Would you please go here? Would you please do this? Would you please do you know what I'm saying? I told you to get involved there. I told you to go for apply for a job over there. Your your answer is over there. I told you to get connected to so and so and what do you do? Put another CD in. (laughs) That's what I've done. That's inconvenient what you just said. (laughs) What if they had not done what he asked them to do? He'd been praying and giving. What if they had not listened? What if they had said, no, I don't want to. I don't want to go get Peter. What if Peter said, Although I hear those three men knocking and the Holy Spirit said to him, they're knocking and I want you to go down and I want you to just, I've sent them, I want you to go with them. What if Peter said, no, I don't want to. Or what if he would have said, well, I'm a Jew. I don't do that. I don't associate with you. I'm not getting on that team. I don't do that. I'll, I've had to eat a few of those words. I've been on almost every team. Some of them I liked and some of them I didn't. Some of them I did. But I had to stay. Do you know that I always have to stay in position until my heart gets right? Until my attitude gets cleared? Because... God's not trying to punish me. He's trying to get something to me. He's trying to change my life. He's trying to give me a home and fulfill all the things on the inside. When I look at the healing that's gone on on the inside of me, I'm rich. I don't have any hurt from being raised in the environment. My father was an alcoholic. I don't have any hurt. It's gone. I don't have any... I have memories. They're there, but they have no sting. It doesn't affect my parenting. Uh, I hope. (laughs) I maybe should check up on that. I don't know. (laughs) I've been married... What? We'll talk. talk. (laughs) And I've been married to the same guy for 30 years, and we still like each other. You know what, that's, a, like, you laugh, but that's really a cool statement. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I actually, I, like, I just like to be with him. I just like to have coffee with him. I like to spend time with him. I actually like him. <laughs> I've, met, I've met people who are married, and, and their husband works away, and they have literally said, oh, he's coming home. And I'm like, oh, he's coming home. God will give you a life. Process is always involved. You'll receive instructions from the Holy Spirit and your attention needs to be on these. You don't need to worry about what God's doing. And that takes faith. Right? You want God... And and you don't get to to decide for God how he answers your prayer. You don't get to do those details because you're not God. You just need to worry about what he tells you to do. And thankfully, that's what Peter and Cornelius did, and he brought the gospel to all of those people, and literally, 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 (laughs) I should say literally, (laughs) I just love that, (laughs) even as Peter was saying these things, so this is the very end of, of Acts chapter 10, verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, so he came to them and preached the gospel to them. He told them all about who Jesus was. The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. So if you don't think that speaking in other tongues is for the church, what are you going to do with that scripture? Because that was the gospel came right with the preaching right with the gospel came being filled with the Holy Spirit and you know like it takes away the you you wanting to to say it has to happen this way they didn't even know it was gonna happen they were preaching the gospel and these people started speaking in tongues without hands being laid on them without any instruction because they wanted God they were sitting there and they were waiting and they just wanted it and they believed God they believed that he would meet that need and he did and he showed up and they just received it it's just a cool story in the New Testament about answered prayer and it's not about rules it's about positioning and it's about you being in the right place and wanting what God has for you Prayer and seeking God brings something to you. What's on the inside of you matters more than what's on the outside. So how much time are you spending investing on your inside? I just think to myself, what if, we, what if everybody in this room, every single person in this room said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do that. Ten minutes. Let's say, let's say ten minutes. Ten minutes every day, you're just going to pray ten minutes every day and you did it on Sunday and you came on a Sunday having spent time with God and then when the song service started and they said just enter in you didn't wait for them to say to you raise your hands what what if what if what if you just went I'm just here to worship you I'm just here to love you Lord I just came to spend more time with you what if you just did that not just one not just you and you but the whole room you know we wait for god to move i think god waits for us what do you, what do you, what do you want why, why are you here what matters more what's on the outside or what's on the inside i'm not saying don't wear deodorant and don't brush your teeth before you come please do but what if you got up and did that and had been working on this time with the Holy Spirit every day, just, just every day, just every day, just this 10 minutes, just every day, focus my focus my heart on you. And then people will say to me, what do you say? Well, that's where being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is really good because when you run out of things to say, you can just begin to worship him in the spirit I just talked to him about everything and one of the cool things if, if you're if you've not done this and don't have that discipline can everybody say the word discipline? discipline it's not a dirty word you know some people say well I'm under grace I don't have to do all of that stuff you don't have to do anything but I just want to I just want to be with them. I just want to spend time with them. So I have to say to myself, "No, you're going to get out of bed and you're going to do this, and you will like it, and it will be helpful." How many? How many of you like when you do those things? When you go to the gym? When you do that exercise? When you eat right? When you spend time? You're just like, "Yeah, that." Like, "Yeah, that's what I want on the inside." You're just constantly fighting this, this flesh all the time. Get out of bed. Spend time with God. And then, there it is. There it is. When you need it, it's, it just wells up from the inside of you. Because you, you can hear his instructions. He can move you into the right place. He can position you. And you're there receiving from God. It's answered prayer time. Because you've been in that place. So what if we all did that? It would be a little bit different. Then God also has access to you. I want you to lay hands on the person beside you. I just, I just just want you to, just go like that. Well, they don't know me. No, that's okay. You know, you're hearing from God, and you and you obey that, and they're just touched because you reached out to them. God, there, there. The Holy Ghost is using you, and that's what I love about this. Cornelius wasn't a Jew. Peter was. it's two different people, saw from God, heard from God, answered God, allowed God to move them. They changed the course of the gospel being preached. I, I'm sure God would have found other people if they would have said no. God would have had to go to someone else. And it still would have happened, but it wouldn't have been their, their name in the book. You know, it wouldn't have been you used by God. Answered prayer. Everybody in this room wants answered prayer. It starts with relationship, not rules. So start there. Pick your time. Pick, your, pick how you want to do it. And the other key to that little time is to be thankful. There's a lot of things that we pray about In our day to day lives, that God already says we can have. We're so busy asking Him, Will you bless me? Yes, I did. I sent Jesus. Can I have this? Yes, you can. I said I'd take care of your every need. We just ask Him for things that He's already provided. So a lot of our prayer time could just be worshiping Him and thanking Him. We should not be at a loss. If I said to you, stand up right now and thank God for five things, we should not be at a loss to think, oh, uh, what could I I thank him for? It should just be like... We do this often in prayer on Tuesday. Thank God for five things. And then when we get to five, thank him for five more. It's amazing how that will keep you out of negativity and will make you really aware of... Like I, I can remember like in the summer was it was it no it was in the winter my windshield wiper broke it got full of ice and I wasn't very gentle in how I tried to get it off there and I broke it (laughs) you know and we did the old farmer thing and wrapped a tea towel around it (laughs) duct tape it till I could get my son to help me put a new one on and I came to Tuesday prayer and said thank you for windshield wipers and whoever invented them like thank you thank you Thank you that we live in Canada. Thank you that I have a good church. Thank you that every week we come to church and the word is good. Thank you that we have an amazing praise and worship team thank you that i have friends in this church thank you that i have opportunities in this church thank you that i live in alberta and i don't need to be full of fear about sharing the gospel thank you for the holy spirit thank you for the people that i get to worship with. thank you that we i'm not going to be mad that there's no crepes thank you that there's donuts there's donuts in the connect lounge Is that funny? <laughs> thank you that there's coffee and there's tea. Thank you that there's people working back there. Thank you that when I arrived here, I have a wonderful sound team who took care of me. And then Randy got concerned. I think that I'd run out of battery, and far be it for me to run out of battery. <laughs> so he made sure to tell Jordy to give to put new batteries in here, so that wouldn't happen to me. And then they and then they got me this. Like, thank you that I, ha- I work with a team that's willing to serve God, and they're, they're just in their 20s. Because I love that. We should be able to thank God all the time, all the time, all the time. You know, if you can't think of anything to say in your prayer time, just sit there for five minutes and just thank God. Thank God that you're alive. Thank God that you're not going to hell. Thank God that you know him. I'm just listening I just have to listen now for a moment because like I preach this thing inside my head over and over and it never comes out the way you plan it but I just I just wanted to be helpful to you today so I'm just thinking let's just talk for a moment what's the last instruction that you actually know that God gave you to do that you're not doing something with let's just talk about that for a moment a decision okay you know what I'm just flat out gonna do it you you want change right you do know that if you don't change something nothing will change do you realize that Like that is one of you laugh but that is a a revelation that God gave me about four years ago if nothing changes nothing changes oh like you really are a big player in what happens in your life you just keep doing the same thing you're doing, you'll get the same thing you got. If you want a better relationship, then you're gonna have to do something about what you currently have to make it change. If you don't like where you're currently working, you're gonna actually have to do something about that or year after year after year will go by and you'll still be there. If you think you're gonna go to Bible school someday, what's wrong with this year? Go to impact you check out the website Jordy has made it easier and easier for you to jump on and to learn more of the word and the second question so what are you doing currently with what God has asked you to do where are you at with that make a decision and number two how's your prayer time be honest not with me I don't want to know I got enough I got enough trouble with my own with my own body my own son. get up what are you doing what are you doing with your day ten minutes people ten minutes I know I know we're busy ten minutes every day clock in clock in clock in clock in spend, some, spend a little bit of time find out what he says just get to know him praise him just worship him just be with him. just spend a little time well how's your devotional life what are you doing with your day every day are, are, you, are you are you do you have some communication things you need answers this is answered prayer here he wants he's just standing there every day never changes his mind and he's just there he's just there at any time and I I have my own devotional time that I do daily and every once in a while I get off the rails but I don't get condemned I just don't stay there I just immediately get right back Just Oh, yeah you're still here God Still here. and I just pick right back up and I just raise my hands. You know what I'd really like to do, but I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I'm not gonna call y'all up here or anything. You know, don't freak out. But what I'd really like to do is have everybody stand, and I just would like to spend a few minutes thanking him. And when when we do that in our prayer time on Tuesdays, I say to people, don't let my thanks be your thanks. Come up with your own thanks. So I'm in to, uh, Anne's playing. Let's just stand if you if you're comfortable,